From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text comes from Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3. With loving kindness have I drawn thee. The thunders of the law and the terrors of judgment are all used to bring us to Christ, but the final victory is effected by loving kindness. The prodigal set out to his father's house from a sense of need. But his father saw him a great way off, and ran to meet him, so that the last steps he took towards his father's house were with the kiss still warm upon his cheek, and the welcome still musical in his ears. Law and terrors do but harden all the while they work alone, but a sense of blood-bought pardon will dissolve a heart of stone. The master came one night to the door, and knocked with the iron hand of the law, The door shook and trembled upon its hinges, but the man piled every piece of furniture which he could find against the door, for he said, I will not admit the man. The master turned away, but by and by he came back, and with his own soft hand, using most that part where the nail had penetrated, he knocked again, oh, so softly and tenderly. This time the door did not shake, but strange to say, it opened. And there upon his knees the once unwilling host was found, rejoicing to receive his guest. Come in, come in, thou hast so knocked that my heart is moved for thee. I could not think of thy pierced hand leaving its blood mark on my door, and of thy going away houseless. Thy head filled with dew, and thy locks with the drops of night. I yield, I yield, thy love has won my heart. So, in every case, loving-kindness wins the day. What Moses with the tablets of stone could never do, Christ does with his pierced hand. Such is the doctrine of effectual calling. Do I understand it experimentally? Can I say, He drew me, and I followed on, glad to confess the voice divine? If so, may he continue to draw me, till at last I shall sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb.
1949 to 1952, a mighty revival took place on the Isle of Lewis off the west coast of Scotland. In the course of those years, hundreds of people, especially young people, were converted to Christ as the Holy Spirit came down in power. The preacher during those days was the Reverend Duncan Campbell. 
Yet what took place on Lewis was not due to his pulpit skills, but to the overwhelming moving of God among the people. Listen to Duncan Campbell's own testimony of what took place. In revival, the community suddenly becomes conscious of the movings of God beginning among his own people. So that in a matter of hours, not days, in a matter of hours, churches become crowded. No intimation of any special meeting, but something happening that moves men and women to the house of God. And you find within hours scores of men and women crying to God for mercy before they went near a church. Let the Bible Speak is happy to make available CD copies of Duncan Campbell's own account of what happened during those revival times on the Isle of Lewis. There is also a CD containing the personal testimonies of people who came to salvation in Jesus Christ during those days. To obtain your own copies free of charge of both CDs, please contact us by email, phone, or regular mail. You may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. By phone, please call 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Or write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That would be Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You will be blessed greatly as you listen to these accounts of the power of God at work. Today on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns will conclude the first of two messages entitled, A Glimpse of the Glory of Christ. As the Lord Jesus was transformed before them, the disciples learned some vital lessons. First, Christ's glory at this time was an earned glory, looking forward to what he would accomplish on Calvary as he suffered God's punishment for the sins of his people. They learn that Christ is the only mediator between God and man, and that he is not to be placed on the same level as Moses and Elijah. 
Jesus fulfilled all that the law and the prophets proclaimed. Then the appearance of Moses and Elijah along with Christ shows that Old Testament saints are saved the same way as New Testament believers, by faith in the finished work of the Redeemer. Finally, by his transfiguration and revealed glory, Christ was preparing the disciples for his sacrifice on Calvary and the glory that was to follow. Now Dr. Cairns brings the final portion of this message, a glimpse of the glory of Christ. I have referred to the confusion of the disciples. And I don't want to take much time on this except to say that Peter's ignorant suggestion, let us build here three tabernacles, just shows how difficult it is for even for good men to grasp the simple but essential nature of the gospel. Peter had just confessed, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And here, a week later, seeing the glory of Christ, he says, in effect, we'll have a tabernacle for you, we'll have a tabernacle for Moses, we'll have a tabernacle for Elijah. He didn't grasp. Jesus had fulfilled all of Moses and all of Elijah and the prophets. He had fulfilled them. They had their meaning. They had their significance only in him. They didn't grasp that. But you know, they're not alone. 2,000 years later, the Church of Christ is riven with disputes about Moses and the prophets. Are there two more controversial subjects than the law and prophecy? I don't know of any two more controversial subjects than that. People are battling about it, and without getting into the details of various schools, my concern is that few, if any, see the real connection. Listen, there is no, and I'm going to be very frank here, there is no virtue, there is no value, there is no glory, there is no beauty in Moses or his law. except you see it in its true biblical relation to Jesus Christ and his gospel. That's why I get a wee bit worried about all these people who are on about the Ten Commandments. I'm all for the Ten Commandments. But this notion that if you just let kids read the Ten Commandments or stick them up on a courthouse wall or something, America is going to be a better country. Don't you believe it? Now, I'm all for it being in the courthouse wall or in the, the atrium or whatever. I'm all in favor of that. I'm all in favor of laws that are based on the great morality of God's revelation. But let's understand the only beauty and power of the law of God 
is when it converts to lead to Christ. And it's Christ who transforms by his grace and his gospel to give you the grace to fulfill the law. Same with eschatology and prophecy. I read more fairy tales masquerading as Bible exposition in the realm of prophecy than anywhere else. I get sick when people come to the book of the Revelation and all they can see is the beast and the man of sin and the dragon and the old serpent, the devil. And they forget that the book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you don't see Christ there, you see nothing. If you want to see how full it is of Christ, do what I said years ago to do. Go through the book of the Revelation. Take a pad or a book and write down every title of Christ, every description of Christ, every allusion to Christ, and you'll fill pages. Then go through and see how many descriptions there are of the beast or the devil, and you'll find they're paltry in number by comparison. Now, they're not unimportant. But first things first, Moses and Elijah stand in union with Christ. Let's not fall to the confusion of the disciples, because it always demeans Christ. The Father's confirmation overthrew that confusion, for he said, This is my beloved Son. And the great conclusion of it all in verse 36, Jesus was found alone. Or as Matthew 17, verse 8 says, They saw no man save Jesus only. As they left the mount, and I will deal with this more fully for my time is gone, when I deal with why this all happened, uh, but as they left the mount, there was a charge that the Lord Jesus gave his disciples. Luke just says that they kept it close. But Matthew tells us in 17 verse 9, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them saying, tell the vision, tell what you have seen to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. There was a reason for that charge. As usual, it was to make sure that there was nothing that was going to hinder his onward march to Calvary. This was given, and I will anticipate a little of what I'll say later, this was given to arm the disciples in their minds to strengthen them in their hearts. The Lord Jesus knew very well what it was going to do to them when they saw his body whipped, battered, and bloodied, and then hung upon a cross. He knew the depression that would grip their mind and the utter feeling it was a wonderful dream. As they said later, we had hoped, we had trusted that this was he. But their dreams would be gone. This is the real reason why he gave it to them. To 
let them look beyond the darkness and see the glory. I'll return to that in due course as the Lord wills. But I think that's a fair way to end this morning. If I may expand that thought just a little. I don't read your heart. To be quite honest, I learned a long time ago even to be very careful about reading your face. I don't know what's inside your heart. But if I'm any judge of human nature and human experience, I know that even in a small gathering like this, there will be many people who feel the darkness of dashed hopes and shattered dreams. Some of you will feel that darkness gripping your heart, your mind. You've been driven down into a pit of depression, despair, feeling of failure, uselessness. A while ago, your life, your service, your potential, all seemed so promising. But now, now, we had hoped but what's the answer what's the answer all that we could grasp it the answer is not in bucking up the answer is not in catching yourself on the answer is not And just changing your circumstances. You may do all those things, but they don't repair shattered dreams. Let me tell you, the answer is a sight of the glory of Christ. As I will point out in our next study, God willing, this is the end of the story. The glory that is in Christ Jesus. Listen, he has triumphed. Today he's enthroned. And soon he's coming back. Why am I going to be crushed by burdens that are here today and they'll be gone forever? Why am I going to be cast down to the depth by momentary disappointment which will soon be drowned in the everlasting enjoyment of the glory of Christ undiluted and undiminished by my failure or my sin. The answer to the burdens of life is always a glimpse of the glory of the Savior. Lord, show us thy glory. 
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Eternal God and Father in heaven, we thank thee that thou didst give Christ's disciples this preview of his glory. Lord, bring us into the mount with God today. Christ is now exalted at thy right hand. Lord, give us a sight of his glory by faith. Convince our hearts with the assurance of his glorious exaltation. Lord, we pray, give us this foretaste of his coming in glory. We may live in the light of that, in the assurance of it, and comfort our hearts with these words. Lord, give fruit for the preaching of thy glorious Son. And let none go away from here today, bearing the burden of sin that Christ alone can bear away, bearing the burden of sorrow and sadness that Christ alone can take from them. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, come, come, give us a glimpse of the glory of our Lord. Now, Lord, we pray, part us with thy blessing. Keep us in thy fear, the beginning of all knowledge and wisdom. Grant that the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will be our portion now and evermore. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak.